You're listening to the Overtime Ireland American Football Podcast. Brought to you in association with OvertimeIreland.com. Now, here's the OTI guys. Hello and welcome back once again to the OTI Podcast. Myself, Colin Kelly, bringing you yet another show. Looking forward to today's one, obviously. Lots going on in the NFL over the past uh, few days, lots to talk about, and I'm looking forward to talking all about it with uh, Mr. Sigmund Bloom of FootballGuys.com. Always great having him on the show, getting his thoughts on all the things going on, lots of stuff happening, obviously. Calvin Johnson has retired, Peyton Manning has retired, just so much stuff going on, and a free agency hitting off, DeMarco Murray's been traded. So there's lots and lots to talk about, and I'm looking forward to getting into it. As always, starting the show, thanks for tuning in, thanks for listening, thanks for downloading. Hopefully you've hit that subscribe button, available iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, all those ways that podcasts can be found, and uh, also available on OvertimeIreland.com to stream. But obviously you're listening to it whatever way you are, but uh, we would really appreciate any comments and ratings you could give us on iTunes. Uh, Stitcher really helps move us up those rankings, and uh, it's been great to get that continued support. Also, it's always great to get that interaction on Twitter uh, when the news happens, when different stuff breaks uh, between retweets, tweets, and so on. And you can do all that on Twitter. It's at Overtime Ireland. Uh, Quite easy to get in touch there and always fun talking with you. So lots of stuff to talk about. Let's get straight into it. This should be a lot of fun. Let's get Sigmund aboard the show. Hi, this is Harry Carson, former New York Giant and Pro Football Hall of Famer. You're listening to Overtime Ireland. Once again, joined back on the show by Sigmund Bloom of FootballGuys.com. It's always an absolute uh, pleasure having him on the show. Big fan of all the work at FootballGuys.com, including their podcast, The Audible. We have him on now, and we're going to talk free agency. And Sigmund, it should be fun, because as we talk, uh, stories breaking all the time. Probably should have waited to record this maybe two or three hours down the track, but uh, for our schedule between yourself and myself, uh, this worked sure. out the best. So it's going to be a fun one. It is, and it's funny because last year, uh, the the legal tampering period, which is kind of a ridiculous term, yeah. uh, has has taken a lot of the big scoop out of the open of free agency. At least that's what we thought last year. Yeah. And then we saw, you know, Jimmy Graham got traded right at the beginning of free agency, and you know, we we, uh, we saw some scoops we didn't see coming. And what's neat is maybe we will have like actual in the moment reactions, uh, which is very <laughs> difficult. Uh, but also. Going back to free agency, what I really like about free agency is the teams can't lie in free agency. Where money talks, right? Yeah. So we get we get an idea of how these teams conceive of the quality of the talent on their roster, the quality of talent in free agency, uh, what players fit and how they want to win games. And you know, oftentimes we have new GMs or new head coaches, and, and this is our first clue in, into the philosophy that they might be using uh, in their new job. Yeah, and sometimes it gives you an idea also on what teams think of uh, what's coming up in the draft, whether they target with big money certain areas in free agency. So it's going to be interesting to see that. Um, you know, last year was particularly crazy with the Jimmy Graham thing going down. Everything just kind of went haywire when it hit the the start off the deadline. But there is some trades that are not trades, sorry, the deals that have expectedly gone through already at this point. Um, Doug Martin set to stay with uh, Tampa Bay, probably going to be the biggest one of those. He's going to get uh, probably in the range of 35, 36 million over a five-year period with 15 million guaranteed. But just when you look at that contract, uh, sure. you know the rumored terms, it really shows you how much the kicking or not. The, I was about to say the running back position has been devalued almost down to the stage of uh, kickers that are getting signed now are almost getting more guaranteed money over that time. Yeah, and I think that it's it's a 
fungible, disposable position. Uh, it's a brutal position. It's a young man's position because you have Doug Martin, an uh, NFL rushing champion, the best year of his career in his prime. Uh, you know, you're going to get the some prime years out of him. Uh, you also know if you're Tampa Bay, the fit in the clubhouse and things like that. Uh, and still, basically being the best in your position last year gets you around the same as what Mohamed Sanu's going to get, you know, yeah. or Mario Williams, who's worn out his welcome on a couple of teams as an overpaid player, what yeah. he's going to get. So being the best running back is not really worth that much. And what's going to be interesting to see is if this starts to filter upstream to decisions players make early on in their football careers, because a lot of running backs have a body type that maybe might translate as a cornerback yeah, or as a that, linebacker, yeah. you know, uh, even wide receivers. So it's going to be fascinating to watch this because of the earning potential. But at the same time, I think it's a good move for Tampa. You have an ascendant team. Uh, Martin and Sims go together so well. Jameis Winston, they, we'll see about their head coaching change, but they did a good job keeping him in-house. And in general, when teams retain their own players, they make better decisions than when they're going yeah. after free agents because they know their own talent better than they know the talent on the other 31 teams. Yeah, I agree with that there. And you meant I was going to say that we've seen a number of talents coming into the league through the draft in the last four or five years and when they've been in the interview process that the reason a lot of them have changed from running back to the defensive side of the ball is just the uh, the money that's involved because the running back position as you mentioned you get that rookie contract keep them in for a couple of years and then pass them on to somebody else but Doug Martin had a, a big year last year so he's getting rewarded but I think it's a, a very good deal financially for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and we'll see teams who uh, in the next couple of hours are going to splash out in these deals just will not work out for the team when you get that big contract so it's going to be interesting to see from that view you mentioned Mario Williams uh, expected to go to the Miami Dolphins um, two years eight million and uh, do you think they're going to try and lock up Cameron Wake next do you think that's the next move for them even though that injury last season that's the the rumor I mean that's the word and Olivier Vernon they'd put the transition tag on now they've lifted that so he's out there for the taking Uh, I I think that Mario Williams is a, a player that teams believe they can get more out of him than what's there uh going back to him going number one overall and the dolphins the name mike tannenbaum comes up you know if we're going to talk about dolphins moves mike there's mike tannenbaum behind the scenes pulling the strings there uh and it really you also then go one step up to stephen ross because a lot of the names have changed you know head coaches gms things like that but the results are still the same uh and you wonder if it's a culture issue so mario williams you mentioned like some signings that we'll look back on and yeah. say, Ooh. Uh, Mario Williams, well, there already is a team in the same division that probably regrets giving Mario Williams what he wanted. <laughs> Might be two now. It's, uh, th- there definitely will be regrettable deals uh, performed in this, in this class uh, of free agents. And one that won't get as much buzz with the regular fan that uh, is quite a nice move is the Falcons signing Alex Mack to a $9.5 million a year contract over five years so there's a lot of money involved in that but uh, as centers go very very talented player along the offensive line and I think it's a smart move for them because last year they slightly improved but uh, it's been an area of need for them for quite some time yeah and again this is where some familiarity comes in even though Mac wasn't on the Falcons Kyle Shanahan with Mac uh, in Cleveland and at the beginning of that year when they had you know Isaiah Crowell and, and Terrence West uh, they were running, I remember because it was my Pittsburgh Steelers in the season opener, I think the Steelers were up like 27-3 at the half, and the Browns ran hurry-up run 
and came back and tied the game up, uh, and the Steelers ended up winning at the end. Yep. But the point is, Kyle Shanahan knows what he can do with Alex Mack in that zone-blocking running game. And with Devontae Freeman, what we've seen there, Tevin Coleman, that's still going to be uh, a hallmark of what that team tries to do. So you have that familiarity. Uh, you have also that when Alex Mack went out of the lineup, I think it was game five for Cleveland, everything knows that. You know, yards yeah. per carry, rushing touchdowns. So Kyle Shanahan knows what he can do with Mack. And Atlanta, they were hemorrhaging at the end of the season on the offensive side of the ball. So they addressed that by bringing him in. Yeah, it's not one of those sexy moves, but uh, it's definitely a, a very strong move. But again, a lot, a lot of money locked up there now in that yeah. position but I think uh, it should be one of the ones that does work out with big money uh, lots of stuff we're jumping from position to position player to sure. player um, we haven't even mentioned to Marco Murray getting traded to the, the Titans uh, you know I think they might be looking for an identity at this point it might help them do that the Eagles shifted all that cap room the other one in that area is Kiko Alonso and Byron Maxwell they're both heading towards the Dolphins and another trade from the Eagles so the Eagles really in the last couple of days have been uh, washing their hands off the Chip Kelly era uh, Sam Bradford obviously got a little bit of a contract uh, last week and now this week as well looks like uh, they're taking Chase Daniel from the Kansas City Chiefs um, Daniel you know there's not a lot of uh, quarterbacks in this free agency period and he's somebody who's sitting behind uh, Alex Smith over the last couple of years has always garnered a little bit of buzz but uh, do you think you know he is of a high enough quality to uh, challenge Sam Bradford for that starting job and just those other couple of trades. I don't know. I, yeah, I don't know about Chase. Uh, you, you may have to uh, repeat one of those because I just saw that Matt Forte yeah. signed with the Jets, oh, according okay. to Adam Schefter. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, then so let as, the fun begin. <laughs> yeah, well, and, you know, Forte's an interesting one, too, because you're not necessarily making a long-term investment, yeah. but it is a win now. And the Jets were on the cusp last year, you know, being a very competitive team. Yeah. So, you know, letting Ivory go, who got big money from the Jags, yeah. and, and, and getting Forte. Chase Daniel's interesting because you know, Doug Peterson knows him from his time there uh, together in Kansas City. Uh, and Sam Bradford has not been the most durable quarterback over the course of his career. Um, and I, even though they gave Bradford all that money, I'm not saying Daniel can beat out Bradford. But I think that um, in a scenario where Bradford, if he was playing mediocre football, were to get hurt, then you might see Daniel come in and maybe perform as well and because he would be a lot cheaper uh, to force, force something that – uh, where they at least have to reconsider uh, those things. Um, what would, I'm sorry, what were the other ones that you wanted me to comment on? Uh, the DeMarco Murray and okay. the Kiki Alonso moves. Oh, yeah. So, so, okay, so first of all, this is this all comes back to Philadelphia, right? Because what does Doug Peterson represent for Philadelphia? Uh, Andy Reid and Philly parted on not great terms. Uh, obviously, I mean, Reid went to Kansas City and has had success. Uh, Doug Peterson was kind of a, a Reid protege the next Andy Reid coming up through the co- head coaching ranks, and Chip Kelly and Jeff Lurie, the owner for the Eagles, also not parting on good terms. So this is Jeff Lurie saying, like, I, I didn't realize how good I had it before. Let's go back to the way things used to be. Yeah. Uh, so I, I, And then you have these moves right away. Let's trade Murray. So they traded Murray to swap 12 spots in the fourth round. Insignificant. <laughs> yeah, exactly. There's at least a 50-50 chance that they're going to get the player that they would have got at the pick anyway, you know? So, so really, what they're saying is, we don't want Demarco Murray on the roster at this contract. Anybody who will take this player can have him. <laughs> now, last year we saw a couple of deals go down like this, where a fifth round pick, which is even less, I mean, more, a little bit more than what they gave up. Yeah. Remember, Mike Wallace went for a fifth round pick; he was just cut. Yeah. 
Brandon Marshall went for a fifth-round pick. He's really praying that the Jets and Ryan Fitzpatrick find. So, by the way, with Matt Forte being signed by with the Jets, boy, would they be foolish to not just meet Ryan Fitzpatrick's demands. Yeah. I mean, Woody Johnson, like, whatever, three, four million, drop in the bucket. I mean, you're trying to make this a win-now team if you sign Matt Forte. It would be ridiculous to let Ryan Fitzpatrick hang out there over a couple of million dollars. Uh-huh. Uh, if they don't bring Ryan Fitzpatrick back, what's the plan of for them, Colin Kaepernick or something. Geno Smith. Uh, uh, Smith. Uh, you mentioned yeah. the the Forte deal with the Jets. Yeah. Uh, any word so far that you've seen of what sort of yearly guarantee? No, nothing. But you know, I think what you're probably going to see is something like one year three million, one yeah. year four million dollars, because there's just no reason. Whoa, uh, Brock Osweiler will be a Houston Texan. Oof. Speaking of Plan Bs at quarterback. But there shakes things up. Uh, I have a list on it here with uh, quite a few different things, and that's another one. We'll get on to Osweiler in just one moment. We'll stay with Matt Forte. Uh, the, yeah. That's a big, big deal for the Jets, and it, it had been something that was rumored over the last couple of days. I didn't know if it would happen, but uh, a big, big move because technically I think he's probably a slightly better version at this stage of his career than Chris Ivory, and you know they always had the durability concerns for Ivory. He's gone to the Jaguars. With him going to the Jaguars, the question that I had regarding that was, what do you think it means for TJ Yeldon? Because Yeldon's a player that right. I was very high on this offseason. I've targeted him in a lot of dynasty leagues, but uh, I just, even with any offer I made, the owners uh, don't, didn't seem to want to let him go, but uh, now it seems like the water's not as clear as it was uh, even one day ago. <laughs> no, it's not. But, look, I mean, for fantasy football, this doesn't help Yeldon. Uh, I was just talking to Matt Waldman about this, yeah. my buddy, and, you know, tr- tremendous football analyst. And uh, I think that for fantasy it's going to be tough to discern um, because I still don't see the Jags as a very competitive team. So that hurts Ivory. I think Ivory would be the back who would get more work in that those scenarios where they would lead a game and nurse a lead, where Yeldon has better hands out of the backfield as more of a three-down back. But you saw last year – Strangely, you know, Yeldon's not a small back, uh, and they went away from him at the goal line. I think yeah. he only got seven chances inside the five. So you saw maybe that that was a telltale sign that even though they spent an early second round pick on Yeldon, they wanted a more physical runner. And you know, Chris Ivory, I've mentioned, I've described him as like Marshawn Lynch if Lynch was human. You know, <laughs> um, I mean, he runs this the same anger, same strength and power through his burst. Like he's elusive, but he's a powerful back at the same time. So, look, the Jags want to play bully ball. they got a lot of power blockers on that offensive line, and they're trying to build a defense. It's not going all that well. They don't want to be a Blake Bortles to Allen Robinson and Allen Hearns type offense. They want to be a bully ball offense. They have money to spend, a ton of money to spend. Remember, teams have to spend 89% of their cap. So Ivory is one of the few good players out on the market. Like, he's good at what he does. What he does matches what the Jags want to do. So I wouldn't necessarily read too much into them having misgivings about Yeldon as thinking, hey, we have to spend money on something. Let's spend money on a player who's good, who does something that fits in our blueprint to win. Really quickly on the Maxwell trade, Maxwell and Alonzo trade, um, uh, there was a note that, you know, Kiko Alonso is just not a player that like he's just struggling with his assignments and yeah. Jim Schwartz defense is is going to demand linebackers who are mentally disciplined and and that was one of the reasons there. I just can't believe that the Dolphins would give up that gap from 8 to 13. I mean that that could be a very significant gap. I mean the difference between 8 to 13 in some drafts has been massive. I don't know if it will be that one in this draft, but let's say one of the quarterbacks falls to number 8, you yeah. might be able to get a bounty 
So I think that eight to thirteen is is a significant drop or potentially significant drop. And Byron Maxwell and Kiko Alonso were players that again Phillies in like let's just evict the mistake, like, let's <laughs> Get rid move of on. Yep. So I was really surprised. And again, I'll bring up the name Mike Tannenbaum, and you just you know like Jets fans would now along and say like well, that's a name that makes us have nightmares. Yeah, and cringe. Maybe Dolphins will be next. So. Um, so there's so much interesting stuff even happening as we speak. Uh, I'm just going to take a quick run through something that we're not going to get to. Uh, players that are staying, William Gay stayed with the Steelers, Justin Pierre-Paul, yeah. a one-year extension with the Giants. We'll see how he goes next season. The Cardinals were interested there. Dwayne Allen could be an interesting one, a four-year yeah. deal with the Colts. Uh, obviously him and Fleener are both free agents, so he's staying in town. It should be good for him if, uh, as long as they don't re-sign Fleener or another tight end. Tam Bahali stays with the Chiefs for a three-year deal. I think that's a nice move for them. And uh, Jordan Cameron will be with the Dolphins, uh, the tight end, but uh, he had to renegotiate his deal, so maybe not not as good a situation as he thought he was going to last season. And then the Panthers re-signing Charles Johnson and Joe Webb to uh, longer-term deals. Some players then that have moved, uh, Menelik Jackson uh, obviously had a very good run towards the Super Bowl, and he's getting paid a huge chunk of change for... A small enough sample size, it must be said, six years, ninety million, and that was forty-two million guaranteed. He's heading to the Jaguars. We were talking about Chris Ivory a moment ago. They have a lot of money that they have to spend, so a lot of that is going into Menelik Jackson's bank account. Uh, mm-hmm. Then, with ones that uh, the Chargers, they re-signed uh, Antonio Gates, but one that I didn't see them going for, and I think it could be a very, very interesting fit, is Travis Benjamin of the Browns is uh, heading towards San Diego. Uh, what did you make of that move? Yeah, it's interesting to see how they're uh, considering their pass offense going forward. Letting Ladarius Green go, he's going to go to Pittsburgh. Bringing back Antonio Gates, and then getting the speed of uh, Travis Benjamin. Um, you know, you have Stevie Johnson who can work short routes, win in tight quarters. You have Keenan Allen who also can work uh, more of the short and intermediate parts of the field. Mal- Malcolm Floyd, not a true vertical threat per se, but a downfield threat. Uh, you're losing that probably, and I think Benjamin gives you... One, one of the things I have to remember is that speed at the wide receiver position has tactical value even if you never throw to the player because defense, it's you know stretching defense is quite... Uh, literally, players have to have be for, aware yeah. of you know covering that back third of the defense. So that helps. You know, Philip Rivers is the kind of player who will hang in the pocket and take a hit to make a throw downfield. And uh, I think that Travis Benjamin can give players like Gates, Allen, and Stevie Johnson more room to operate just because this, that safety has to stay a little farther back to protect from him getting over the top. So I like the move. Yeah, I think it could be interesting as well. So obviously you mentioned there Osweiler. looks like he's heading to uh, Houston to be right. a Texan. You know, I thought that uh, they have been rumored to be interested. I thought it was more of a ploy uh, by his agent to try and get more money out of the Broncos. But the Broncos now, Peyton Manning retiring at the start of the week, losing Brock Osweiler at this point. Um, I think for Osweiler too, the better fit might have been to stay with the Broncos. But uh, what do you think the Broncos are going to have to do now to uh, move forward with that one? Well, you know, somebody just tossed out on my Twitter uh, um and, and and this is definitely uh, uh, one of Deacon Blues, which is one of my favorite Steely Dan songs. It's a, that's a tough list too. Says you know the Elway should go after Brian Fitzpatrick, right? Yeah, so we were just talking yeah. about this, yeah. right? 
that the Jets signed Matt Forte, which is a classic win-now move, and now Ryan Fitzpatrick, what are they going to do a quarterback if they don't have Ryan Fitzpatrick, who already has a rapport with Chan Gailey, going back to their time together in Buffalo, the offensive coordinator, uh, success with Brandon Marshall, we know how that goes, success with Eric Decker. So, again, it's a couple million dollars. Now, with Brock Osweiler in Houston, and Ryan Fitzpatrick is a pretty decent fit for the Gary Kubiak scheme, and this is a team still in a Super Bowl window. They have win-now aspirations of their own. Uh, you know, uh, and, and now you're looking at Fitzpatrick. Now, if you're Fitzpatrick and you can get 17, you want you, you went to the Jets and you said, say, 17 million. They said, no, 13 million or 12 million or whatever. Yeah. Well, why wouldn't you take that same money from the Broncos? You can get a ring. Yeah, exactly. You have a chance. Yeah. Get into this clubhouse uh, with this team that is coming off of a championship with this defense. This is going to get fascinating because that's it. I mean, Colin Kaepernick, basically. Yep. You know, that's uh, Robert Griffin III. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, th- these are now the options uh, if you're not taking Fitzpatrick. And all of a sudden, with Brock, o- so Brock Osweiler maybe can also get a little extra money from Ryan Fitzpatrick, like cut, cut him a, l- a little check because uh, now Ryan Fitzpatrick, who didn't seem to have any kind of negotiating position with the Jets, can use his agent can use the Broncos to play off against the Jets, and I don't look. I don't blame Ryan Fitzpatrick for doing this. You know, it, it, there there are not thirty two starting quality quarterbacks in the NFL. No, he's one of them. He's a free agent. He should get every penny he can, and he should make a decision. And I don't just mean like even if he always planned on going back to the Jets, you waited this out, and it's about getting another team to validate that your price should be higher so this is coming up roses for him and part of me almost wants to see the jets you know get caught in the lurch because they really thought they could win this stare down yeah and you know now we'll see the the dominoes start to fall with uh, who goes where because somebody's going to panic uh, the broncos are going to panic or the jets are going to panic and and that, and osweiler and houston doesn't really interest me at all i mean no. he'll be he'll be He'll be better than Brian Hoyer, Houston fans, but uh, you know, he's not a quarterback that's going to take your team to the next level. No, it'll be interesting to see all the terms of that contract too, but there will be. Somebody's going to, there'll be a quarterback here that's going to get a lot more money than he was going to get this time yesterday. And uh, Just yeah. a quick note to say that uh, the Rams have given uh, QB Case Keenum a first-round tender as a free, uh, restricted free agent, so maybe uh, teams are really starting to panic with what will happen to a quarterback when you're starting to put tenders on someone like Case Keenum, so it's going to yeah, it's going to be interesting. And, and now uh, word is coming in that Lamar Miller is going to sign with the Texans. Speaking yeah, of those Texans, well, I just have down here Lamar Miller Texans. That was one of the things I was going to finish up yep. on. And uh, I, I I read this yesterday. I thought that was a good fit for him. So it'll be very interesting to see if that. I think that'll be a nice fit. And uh, as a Lamar Miller owner in a lot of dynasty leagues, I think uh, that that might be a nice move. But we'll see what happens there. Um, it's been a lot of fun, obviously talking through all the stuff. The only other one that I have up here is Marvin yep. Jones has had. Oh yeah to the Lions a five-year contract 40 million overall and uh, 17 guaranteed panic move after Calvin announces his retirement or do you think it's a, a sound strategical move uh, I think it's a sound move Marvin Jones is a, a, a receiver who you know is a good route runner he's been yeah. great in the red zone um, he, he's definitely ended up being a, a great and I want to take a moment out to say yeah. every time I have a chance to say this I want to say it the Bengals are doing it the right way the Bengals is an organization or an organization other teams should emulate. It's so much fun to say that now after all the years of them being. <laughs> well, the only thing, stock- playoff-wise, they need to emulate somebody else. Well, sure. <laughs> they haven't won a playoff game in, in a long time, like 25 they're, years. They're doing but, it right, yeah. You know, they, tr- they draft Marvin Jones with a fifth rounder. They get four good years out of him. He was banged up a little bit. Yep. And then they're gonna, probably going to get a, a comp- 
compensatory pick of like a third or fourth rounder for him yeah. uh, because of the big contract Detroit signed him to. And then now compensatory picks can be traded beginning next year. So Marvin Jones, he's not a number one, but when you look at the other pieces they have there, Riddick and Ebron and Golden Tate, you know, he adds a little bit more of a downfield element, uh, can win one-on-one in coverage. And Matthew Stafford, when everyone stopped paying attention to the Lions, Matthew Stafford in the Jim Bob Cooter era played really good football, was really comfortable. And I know he lost Calvin Johnson, but Calvin Johnson wasn't really Calvin Johnson last year. And I want to use this opportunity to say Calvin Johnson went out with, like, we talk about classy moves and things like that. Yeah. He just went out quietly. Yeah. Um, he didn't want to draw any attention to it. Uh, and it's a shame for, I always say, if you want to feel sorry for anybody, feel sorry for the Lions fans and the Browns fans, because now this is very eerily reminiscent to the Barry Sanders retirement, yeah. although Johnson's in a lot more banged up shape than Barry Sanders was, where, you know, the Lions just don't make players want to keep playing football. <laughs> uh, we'll see how that works out for Marvin so, Jones. Uh, but. Sorry for the Lions fans listening in there, but yeah. they have, uh, just coming up here, they've re-signed Haloti Nada on a two-year contract. That's in Rappaport reporting that. Adam Schefter is up yeah. about the Lamar Miller deal, expected to be a four-year contract, $26 million, that includes $14 million going to the Texans. Another one that could be interesting, just I see up here a few people speculating on if some team will try and pull uh, Mike Lennon out of Tampa Bay. That would be an interesting move at the quarterback right. position. But uh, yeah. but uh, too early to speculate on that one. But uh, Sigmund, you've been very gracious with your time as sure. always. Uh, I'm not going to hold you here all day because, as uh, as you can see already on our Twitter feed, it's going to just be a bit of news after a bit of news right. coming out. And some of them will be quite surprising. Who knows, some of these ones we talked about may have uh, last-minute changes of hearts and uh, swing their plane in another, journey, uh, another direction and head to another team. But we'll see what happens with those. Uh, it's going to be a fun couple of days with free agency see how everyone's teams uh, shake out after it and then of course we head to the nfl draft but it's uh, it's been a lot of fun as we said at the start it would be fun and uh, yeah make sure all the listeners i always like to plug all the people who are on at sigmund bloom on twitter is how you find sigmund all the work he's got going on and of course the fantastic football guys.com uh, anything else sigmund coming up in the next uh, couple of weeks that you want to give a plug as we finish up Oh, you know, we'll just have tons of draft stuff, reaction pieces and things like that at Football Guys, the Audible, you know, our live show is coming yeah. back uh, tomorrow. We have a lot of reaction stuff. I just want to say thanks to the NFL that it's six <laughs> months from a game and it's all we want to think about yeah, and everyone's talk about excited. still. <laughs> yeah. Fantastic. Thanks so much for the opportunity. Hi, this is former NFL offensive lineman Ross Tucker, the host of the Ross Tucker Football Podcast, and you are listening to the Overtime Island Podcast. So once again, thanks to Sigmund for jumping aboard this show. I really appreciate his time. The group, the guests we've had on over the last uh, basically six months, maybe, and even prior to that, we've had a really good run of guests, really great getting all these guys on to talk football, and I, I really do appreciate it, as I do appreciate everyone tuning in to listen. Hopefully you've been enjoying the guests as much as I've been enjoying talking to them over the last, say, six months, and uh, long may it continue. Since we last spoke, obviously, I was talking about Heading to watch the Conor McGregor fight this past week. Well, I did watch it. It was a lot of fun. And the result is not quite what uh, we were hoping for as Irish sporting fans. I know there's some of the Irish out there that aren't his biggest supporters, but I do like McGregor. I've been following him since the start, and uh, no doubt he will be back. It'll be interesting to see his next move. Looks like it's going to be Jose Aldo, but we'll see as that time progresses. Heading this week, I have a friend from back home. He's been living in Australia since... uh, 
pretty much after we finished up school so it's a long time since i've seen him i've seen him once in that time period probably the last time i seen him probably five years ago he's getting married uh, about six hours away from melbourne on a train journey this weekend i'm heading up on friday having a long weekend it is labor day weekend here in australia heading up to that wedding and it should be a lot of fun really really looking forward to it the weather is meant to be going to be a quite warm up there it's coming for 39 degrees and uh, I have, a, I, have a, I have a nice suit bought, so uh, maybe the jacket will have to come off pretty pretty swiftly once we get up there, but really looking forward to that. Um, so that's probably going to wrap up this week's show. I mentioned at the start, the iTunes Stitcher. Please do give us a written and a comment on there if you haven't already. Keep spreading the word on social media. Next week's show should be a fun one. I'm meant to be talking with Ross Tucker of, of course, the Ross Tucker Football Podcast, the Fantasy Feast Podcast, and so many other podcasts that he's got going on at the moment. So we're looking forward to that one as well. And uh, until I'm back with that one, of course, have a good one. Thank you for listening to the Overtime Ireland American Football Podcast. Please follow us on Twitter at Overtime Ireland. Check out OvertimeIreland.com and continue to spread the word. This has been an Overtime Ireland production.